Good morning, everyone. And uh, as Martin has said, we're um, carrying on with our series, Gentle and Lowly. So just to add my recommendation of the book, Gentle and Lowly, if you're watching at home or here in the depot, if you haven't got a copy of it yet, I really would recommend it. A lot of the things that I'm going to be saying do flow out of the book. So if you hear anything, you think, well, that was good. That probably wasn't me. All right, It was uh, something I got out of the book. So uh, just as a disclaimer there. Uh, but I found it very helpful personally, and I'm sure um, we all will, which is one of the reasons we wanted to look at it together. So we're, we're looking at, uh, this, this week, we're looking at Jesus' very heart, the, the heart of who Jesus really is. And uh, as George read to us in uh, the Kids' Own video, we're looking at Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, which says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the first verse, we're just going to sort of break it down into three little sections, just to spend a few minutes on each one. Uh, not, not talk for long today, just, just a few things that we can go and think about. So sometimes you need to just think about things and pray about things and read about things, um, give a bit of time to sort of letting it get into our being. So hopefully I'll give you a few things that we can go away and think about. The first uh, point is verse 28, which says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. So the first question, I suppose, when we think about Jesus' heart is, <clears throat> who, who is it that Jesus is appealing to? Who is it that his eyes are upon? Who does Jesus take an interest in? Those are important questions, aren't they? Aren't they? Because you think, well, is Jesus interested in me? Uh, is he interested in us? Uh, we need to, we need to know that. When he makes this kind of appeal, "Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden," who does he have in his mind? Who's it, who is his affection towards? Who is it that he's got in his mind that he's appealing to? And I guess the answer is a, is a rather underwhelming answer, really. Um, if you think, well, here's the Lord of the universe, is the one who holds all things together just by his word, the one who you know, angels bow down before, <clears throat> the one who will come in clouds of glory um, and remake the heavens and the earth, the one with that kind of immensity and power, yeah, who is he looking for? Who is it that his attention, his eyes are upon? It says, well, really, it's those who are feeling weak, those who are overwhelmed, those who are perhaps disappointed with life, with themselves, disappointed with others, maybe even disappointed with God, disappointed with church, disappointed with your lot in life, the circumstances you find yourself in, so weary with it all, weary with yourself. Not very impressive credentials, but those are the people Jesus actually appeals to. So if you're feeling anything like that today, then he's talking to you. This is who he's appealing to. These are the people he's interested in. These are the people where his heart is most naturally inclined towards. He doesn't think, well, <clears throat> excuse me, 
well, I suppose as a saviour, I better have some pity upon them. No, that's not where it's, it's very motivation is for those who really are struggling in various ways. As if we're honest, we all do from time to time. He's moved actually towards those who will turn to him and turn to him purely because they're aware that they just don't have it within themselves to do life well on their own. That's who he's looking to. He's looking to people think, well, I know, I know you can't do life well on your own. You know you can't do life well on your own. Come to me. He's actually thinking about people who feel like that. People who think, do you know, something's not right about me. And he says, and those who cry for help, they oh, I need some help just to get through life, just to manage, just to be, you know, functional. Those are the people Jesus says or invites. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Now that's not people who you would describe as tremendously victorious, is it? It's the people who are struggling, feel weighed down. They're the ones Jesus is interested in. Now we tend to think that perhaps, or perhaps, um, yeah, I think we all tend to think that Jesus perhaps, we all go through times when we think, well, Jesus leans towards us in mercy, but <clears throat> somehow he holds his nose as he's doing it. Because he's, you know, something about us that <clears throat> is slightly off-putting to him, but he thinks, well, I've got to do it. You know, or perhaps a little child, when he first touches a slug for the first time, he's slightly recoiling. That that's how Jesus feels about humanity. But that's, that's not how it is. His face isn't screwed up in disgust. He can't help himself when he sees people in pain, people who are weary, people who are lost, people who are downcast, people who are troubled, people who are blank. <laughs> As he said, it's not the well that need a doctor. It's those that are sick. That's why I've come. So actually, we qualify. But if he comes to people like us, Perhaps comes to perhaps if you're watching and you're feeling well. Actually, there's a few things on the list I could tick there. You know, uh, we have to ask. Well, um, why? Why would he come to me? Why is he taking an interest in me? Why is it that Jesus' motivation is towards those who are not the most impressive, those who need a, a, a help, those who need a savior? Why is it that he's motivated in that way why is it that he would come to people who might even repulse themselves and think well if I was God I wouldn't have anything to do with me <laughs> why is it that Jesus doesn't see any of that but he just comes towards us not you know, tentatively but he runs towards us he runs towards you this morning he says if you're weary heavy laden come to me come to me well, we get the answer in verse 29. It says, come to me all who labor and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon me, learn from me. Why? For I am gentle. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. So his very heart is the reason why he comes towards us in all our need. And interestingly, in the 89 chapters that there are within the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is the only verse where actually like the curtain is drawn back 
And Jesus actually self-discloses what's going on in his very being. His heart doesn't actually mean obviously his physical heart. It means his, his inner core motivation, his inner, uh, his inner feelings, the things that really drive him, the drivers in his life. He pulls back the curtain on that and says, well, actually, all these other things you've read about me, you need to know when I heal the sick, when I feed the, 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 the thousands, when I have mercy on people, when I preach, when I, even when I've hung on the cross, when I've given my life for you. The, the reason I've done all that is because of the inner mo- motivation of my heart. And he pulls back the curtain and says, actually, what I'm like as a person is I'm very gentle and I'm very lowly and hard. This is the God who comes to us. He draws back this curtain for us to see what gets him out of bed in the morning, if you like. What is his motivation? What's at the core? Uh, and that shows us who we're dealing with. Now, if, if we were to perhaps describe Jesus, if I went around the room or if, if I, perhaps in the chat under the YouTube thing, I said, right, write in two words, two descriptions of what you think Jesus is like. What would be, what would be the things that first come to mind? I would imagine a lot of it would be things like exalted, dignified, glorious, strong, mighty, lifted up, powerful. And all of those things are obviously true. But his definition of himself, the words he chooses to use as the prime descriptions of who he is, getting to know who Jesus actually is. If someone says to you, well, tell me what you're like as a person, you would choose words that you felt really conveyed what was your inner heart, wouldn't you? You'd be careful about those words. You'd want to make sure you got it right with what you said. And so on tiptoe, we can come to Jesus. Jesus, what are you really like? He chooses his own self-description and he says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. That's what he wants us to know about him before all the other things. Now, gentle really means like, He's the most understanding person you would ever meet in your entire life. He would totally get you, totally get what's going on, totally understand it better than you even understand it yourself. He would be so aware of you, what goes on in your mind, what goes on in your heart, your feelings, your pain, your joys, the things that motivate you and encourage you, the things that disappoint you and drag you down. He would totally get you because he's the most understanding person who's ever lived. And his posture, because of that, is open arms, not a pointed finger. So he's always saying, come, 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 come. I understand you. I get you. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. There's a gentleness. There's an invitation. There's a there's a preciousness, there's an ease to our engagement with Jesus. It should always feel easy to come before him. Not because we're equal with him, but because he's lowered himself down to our level, laying aside his majesty, laying aside all the things that would make us you know, tremble and beg that we no longer be in the presence of this awesome one. He's laid aside all that majesty, which says in Philippians, made him take on the form of a servant, human flesh, made himself like us, become flesh just like us, so that he can get up close and personal and say, come to me, 
Come to me. I know you can't reach me there. I have to come to you. But he does that because he's gentle. And lowly, another word for that really means humble. And that looks like that he is accessible. He is very, very accessible. No person in history is, as a, is more approachable than Jesus. No person in history is more understanding than Jesus. No person in history is more approachable than Jesus. We can come to him. You don't even have to get yourself sorted out first. You don't even have to unburden yourself or repent or sort things out and then come to him. He doesn't say, come to me when you've got rid of all your burdens and I'll give you rest. He says, come to me all you who are heavy laden. So come, you, you, we come as we are. We come with all the mess. We come with all the confusion, all the difficulties, all the pain, all the, all the stuff that we can't sort out ourselves, all the things in life that we carry into our engagement with Jesus. He says, come as you are. Come if you're weary. Come if you're heavy laden. Actually, because I'll give you the rest you're trying to get. I'll, I'll, I'll take that burden off you. He's humble enough to come to those who he should not really be near but he wants to. So we don't need to jump through any hoops. We don't need to complete any courses. We don't need to have any prerequisites about us to come to him. You might be watching this wherever you are, who knows where you are and what's going on in your life. But let me say to you, whoever you are, he is approachable and he is accessible to you just as you are at this very moment. And even because you are as you are, his invitation comes to you. So there's something about your very predicament that moves his heart towards you. The only qualification, the minimum qualification, the only thing that Jesus is looking for in his engagement with us is that we come to him and that we open up ourselves to him. There, there has to be an opening up. We don't have to get ourselves sorted out, but we do have to get ourselves opened up before him. That's all he needs. All he, wo- all he needs from us is our willingness for him to come and be the great physician and for him to come and be the great deliverer and the great empower and the rescuer, the, the one that he is, the, the glory and the lifter of our heads. All, all he needs is our willingness just for him to do what he does. We don't need to unburden ourselves or get ready. Our burden and muddle is actually what qualifies us for his interest. And he notices us because of it rather than in spite of it. And then in verse 29, the third thought is where it says, um, you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you, you will find rest for your souls. Now, Jesus' yoke is a yoke of kindness. So we are, we are yoked to his kindness. That's a good deal, isn't it? You're yoked to kindness. Wherever you go, you know, kindness is yoked to you. It's saying in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You're yoked to it. You know, we come to Jesus and we're connected to him, we receive him as our saviour, we're, we're from that moment yoked to him. His sort of, the, the idea of the yoke here was 
of this sort of double bracketed thing that two oxen would wear as they plough the field. And he's talking about that kind of yoke. So he's, he's imagining the scenario where if, you're, if you've got a yoke of difficulty and you're weighed down ploughing the field of life, you say, oh, this is really difficult, this is tough. He says, no, you come to me. I'll, I'll put the yoke on with you. So we're yoked together for life. But actually my yoke is kind. It's kindness. So you, you'll find a light, an easy yoke. This won't burden you. This won't make you feel worse. This won't make you feel, oh, now I've got to be religious as well. Uh, this, this isn't that kind of yoke. This is a yoke that liberates. So that whatever you're going through today, whatever, you, whatever condition you find yourself in today, you, if you've received Christ, you're yoked to his kindness. You can't shake it off. You don't have to earn it to keep it there. You don't have to kind of perform in order for him to stay with you. No, he said, take my yoke on you, for my burden is easy and light, and you'll find rest. Kindness does make us feel restful, doesn't it? Whenever we're on the receiving end of kindness, that somehow um, that somehow lifts us. Uh, it's uh, it's a bit like you know. The quote from the book is, "What helium does to a balloon is what Jesus' yoke does to his followers." Because the kind is kindness, and it just lifts. It lifts us whenever we're, whenever we're on the receiving end of kindness. Unmerited kindness shown to us by God or by uh, people. It does something to us. A yoke of kindness that we're hooked to feels easier than trying to pull life along by ourselves. Now you'll notice he doesn't say, um, uh, take my yoke upon you and you won't have to labor anymore. He says, you know, you'll find rest. So life has to be lived. We, we, we do have to labor in this life. Living in the world is not straightforward, is it? It's complicated. It, it can be demanding. Uh, we've got things we have to do in life. There's responsibilities that we have to navigate and challenges and all sorts of things. So there is a labor that comes from being alive on this planet that Jesus says, you know, as you labor yoked to kindness that's from him, it actually does make life uh, completely different from doing it on our own. That's the point he's making. We're not trying to pull ourselves through. He's carrying us through. A rest in our souls actually is very energizing for life, isn't it? If we find peace with God, if we find a savior who we can just pour it all upon, and he takes it in his body on the cross. He just he becomes our saviour. He redeems it all. We just pour it onto him. So we don't carry it anymore. He carried it on the cross. That's very, very releasing and energising. So that we face life with a, with a different outlook, with a different perspective. We actually think, no, he's carrying my weight. He's carrying the things that, that were weighing me down. He's carrying the heavy end. He's doing the heavy lifting for me. That's what... Jesus the Saviour does. He, carry, he takes the heavy load from us, which is amazing, isn't it? And there's an ever-increasing experience of his kindness as we go through life. Imagine that, because the longer you've lived life with Jesus, the more you've got to look back on of his kindness. And you can recount more and more of his kindnesses to us. Notice that he does say, learn from me. 
And just to, to make a point here that um, when we come to Christ and re, we receive him as our saviour, that's a tremendously liberating moment, a life-transforming moment, however that comes about. But there, in the, there is then the process of living life, and we, we have to learn from Jesus through life. And that means we are followers, disciples. We learn how to serve him. We learn how to follow him. We learn how to, um, we learn how to navigate the things that life puts in front of us. We learn how to live well, how to live rightly. We learn how to draw on him through all the different things that we go through. When he asks us to do things, and they're challenging, but we can do it in his strength. When we're facing difficulties, we can feel the uh, buoyancy that comes from knowing him with us. We, we, we do learn. And uh, maybe, you know, you're a believer and you've come, come across, you know, challenging times. The last year and a half or so has been very challenging for just about everybody, hasn't it? And maybe you're particularly feeling the strain of that. Well, Jesus says, learn from me. Learn from me. I'll help you. I'll help you. You're not on our own. We yoke together. I'll help you. All he requires from us is that we set our posture to come to me. So our posture is, yeah, I'm coming to you, Lord. I'm coming to you, Lord. Constantly, I'm coming to you, Lord. I don't know what to do. I'm coming to you. Because he invites us, come to me. Yeah, I'm coming to you. It's just a daily thing, isn't it? When we feel, you know, what do we do, Lord? Well, come to me. I'll help you. There's a, there's a constant invitation and a constant response that we need to get used to living like that. Used to constantly coming to him, coming to him, coming to him again and again and again. Sometimes, you know, we can face lots and lots of things during even the course of a day and training ourselves to think, no, I'm coming to you, Lord. I don't know what to do. I'm coming to you, coming to you. And he says, come to me. There's no restrictions. We don't get, it's not a traffic light system. Oh, I'll go when it's green. No, it's always green. It's always green. You can always come to him. The reality is he cannot bear to hold back from you. He's always open, always welcoming. He's always saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. Imagine that. Because it's true. Not imagining something that, well, that would be nice. No, it's true. He always feels like that about you and always says to you, come to me. Come to me. Take my yoke. Receive my kindness. Let's be yoked in this. Learn from me. I'll help you. So the burden doesn't feel overwhelming. Learn how, I'll help you learn how to do life through this. What a wonderful saviour he is, isn't he? And maybe, you know, you're watching this or you're listening to this and you've never thought of Jesus in that way. Perhaps you've never... You wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. You're not really sure how you're supposed to get through life. Well, perhaps you've imagined Jesus to be this sort of very distant God in, in, in buildings that are inaccessible to you, asking you to do things you don't want to do and don't understand. That, that's not Jesus. That's some, that's some sort of strange distortion of him. We can tend to live in a world where you know, because we're taught that if it's if we if if we have money, or if we're or if we're beautiful, then we tend to look down on 
poverty and look down on ugliness. So we tend to think, well, God feels like that as well. He's more interested in people who've got it all together or who look as if they're worth saving. But actually, that's not how Jesus feels. He looks towards those who are in some ways poor and in some ways got sort of ugliness in their lives that needs beautifying. So in John chapter 1, it says, To as many as received him, gave he the, the right to be called the children of God. So all you, whoever you are, all you need to do when you're watching this is simply pray and receive Christ. Pray, say, Jesus, I come to you and I receive your invitation to take your yoke. Uh, and I put it on, I, I, I yoke myself to you. I, I, I receive you as my saviour. I receive you as the one who came to save me. And you, you just literally receive him. And by faith in that moment, when you're trusting that he is the one he says he is, the rescuer, the saviour, that the reason he died on the cross is that you could come to him and ask that. The moment you do that, whatever it is you are carrying in your life, whatever your background, whatever your, whatever your specific situation, it, it, it is irrelevant to him because he died that it might be forgiven, taken off you, that you might bear it no more, that it might be borne upon his shoulders, that you might go free. So you can come to Christ. You can, you can respond to him. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. You can do that as you're listening to this. So I'm just going to give us a moment of quiet. And if that is you, then I'd like you just to receive Christ in your own way, using your own words. Just pray where you are, maybe at home, maybe here in the depot. Let's pray to him. Let's, let's respond when he says, come to me. Let's pray just quietly together.